Are we live? Are we rolling? We are live. We are live. Welcome to the Tangents Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here in the studio, then Mike's with me yet Hello. again. Mike, <laughs> you've been back. I have been back because apparently I have been gone. <laughs> Would you like to know where I've been? I know very well where you've been, <laughs> but I think we owe our listeners, especially the... What's the word I'm looking for? Fans. Yeah, the fans, but beanies. the loyal fans. Loyal, fa- the oh, loyal yeah. beanies. Thank you very much. Beanies. We need. To, I think we owe them an explanation why we have put the podcast on pause. We owe them an apology. Not necessarily an apology. They'll get it. You'll get it. Immediately. They'll understand. But they need to know. I'm They'll guessing understand. it's only fair. It's not like most of our loyal listeners don't know already. But listen here, you motherfuckers. My mom died. <laughs> We've been. No, I'm not joking. He's not joking. <laughs> That's what happened. Why am I laughing? Um, it's been a long time already. <laughs> well, one month. Yeah, get over it. It's been like five minutes. Jeez. Ugh. Well, yeah. Well, how long did it feel like this it one felt month? Like five fucking years of my exactly. life that have passed in the in the span of one month. So yeah, um, we were planning a lot of things that I'm guessing we're gonna talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, we're going to do some cool things. And then I had to move back. Should I just give like a short resume of what happened? Like a short like uh, summary? I mean, as long as, as much as you're comfortable with sharing. Uh, basically, end of November, mid-November, I moved to my parents' house because they had COVID. Um, well, my mom did and my dad was there with her. Um, the house is big enough to sort of be... Im- imaginarily split in two so that my, like my my mom and my dad were in one half of the house and then me and my grandparents from the other half so we were fine we weren't like it's gonna be so interesting for somebody who listens to this whole thing like half a year or a year later because they're gonna have like in the last either last or the one before that we just spoke about covid and how it's getting closer and closer oh my god yes <laughs> and then I... we took a break which they won't feel yes and it's... now this happened yeah, yeah. So it's been foreshadowing. Yeah. So for the for people while. who who aren't avid listeners or are going to listen to this later, who is going to be like, oh, episode ten and then episode eleven, um, or whatever. It's been what a month and a half, almost two months. Yeah, I think six weeks, and depending on whenever this airs, let's just say almost two two months. Yeah. So I moved back to take care of them. Then my mom went into the hospital because her condition sort of aggravated um and then yeah, I no shit yeah and then i didn't take like any days off work or anything because i i was fine to sort of manage working and also doing a lot of driving around to procure stuff and you know uh, provide for my mom in the hospital and then also for my dad and my grandparents at home um and then her situation was sort of stable and then one day she got transferred to a better hospital and the, the, she was even more like, I guess, even more stable. She was she was better. I met up with the doctor and she was like, yep, everything's fine. She's under control. Um, we'll see how things develop. And then that night <laughs> she died at, I don't know, three o'clock in the morning. Uh, a combination of like, uh, what's it? What's it called? COVID. Well, no, it's because of COVID, her lungs got all messed up. She lost oxygen capacity thingy. Yeah, like, it just hit me like it was like 40% minus yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She lost like 30% of her lung capacity of like processing oxygen or whatever. Um, and then because of that, you know, things happen. 
it, you don't die from COVID. COVID just sort of fucks up your system, and then you get like the slightest disease, and then your your immune system has nothing to fight against it, and then you die of that. So she died of like a cardiac arrest or something like that. That was the her her lungs filled up with blood, and then she had a heart attack, basically. Um, the the only sad part about it is this wasn't just because of COVID. It was something I think you said she got it from the salon saloon in the hospital, hospital or something. What? Didn't she caught it from there? Like some sort of ETBT tiny virus that caused this? No, no, no. That's that's my dad. That's my dad. He had a okay. he had pneumonia. So basically, okay. So my mom died then, and it was really strange because that day. Uh, I was supposed to bring my dad into the hospital as well, and they were supposed to be in like a in like a room together, just the two of them, and then they would sort of be together and take care of each other and stuff. And then she died, and then I had to take my dad to the hospital, and then immediately go back home tell my grandparents, which was absolutely horrible. Yeah, you don't want to do that. I don't want to tell anyone that their child died. I mean, it's one thing that my mom died because I think I've internalized this by now talking to a lot of people. Like you expect the person in your family that's older you didn't older than you to die before you so to me it was let's say more acceptable that she died as opposed to my grandparents yeah exactly because, because you know at some point this will happen exactly whereas your parents would have hoped at it would some never point happen. you know your mom's gonna die but you never expect your kids gonna die so yeah. to my grandparents it was devastating and it was their third child to die <laughs> They had three. They had one baby who lived for like two weeks. Then they had a son who died, I don't know, 20 something years old, 30 something years old. And then now my mom. So that's horrible for them. I'm sorry for going to a lot of details. Not to you, Colleen. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Just sorry to the listeners if uh, it's too explicit or something. But I, I decided I wanted it to be out there. Um, that happened. Yeah, it's life. Just take it. Yeah. Then, Life's been through worse. Yeah. Then uh, my dad was in the hospital, so I had to take care of him. I had to take care of my grandparents. I had to take care of all the funeral proceedings and everything related to that, which was... Well, I had someone help me, which was godsend. He was an amazing... He is an amazing human being, and he helped me, and I thank him a lot. Shout out to that guy. He deserves it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there's any point to mention his name. He doesn't even listen to that podcast. But, yeah, no, definitely not. Um, a spiritual a family friend. Him. He's a family friend. Um and then I had to take care of my dad, and then he was in the hospital for like two, three days. Then he was fine enough to be sent home. They sent him home, and then three days later, he started sweating more and more and having a fever. And turns out he caught up pneumonia, like just on the way back and at home, and just like the slightest current of cold air fucked him up because of COVID. Like that's what COVID does. So he got up pneumonia, like at the beginning of a pneumonia. Uh, so I had to send him back, and he was in there for like three weeks. And then, yeah, the, the day my mom died, that's when I stopped working. And I stopped working for like, I don't know, two, three, four weeks, maybe. The whole time my dad Something was in the like hospital. That, yeah. And then he came back and then I started working again. And that was amazing because I never, I was I was very anxious to start work. I was like, oh, fuck, I need to start working. I, I don't have any more days off. I don't want to burden the company and everyone with me being absent. And I was like, oh, how am I going to manage it? But like <laughs> that Monday when I started and went head on into a free hour sprint planning meeting, it felt boring, familiar, and amazing. <laughs> Cause like it was oh, finally, I remember how boring these meetings are and I love it because I know that they're, I know what to expect. There's nothing, 
your mom don't doesn't die in these meetings, your dad doesn't go in the hospital, your grandparents don't go nuts. Nobody it's, cries around. Nobody you. cries around. It's like it's just a stupid old meeting where you have to do stuff and it's great and you have to code afterwards. And I was really um what's the word? Uh, productive. And it was fine. And now finally, I think last week, so what at New Year's I was here in Timishara. Yeah. And then this today on the Monday, the fourth of January, twenty twenty one. I'm You're am, officially back. I'm officially back in business. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sad story over. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what happened with me, with my life, and why sort of I asked Kalina while we talked about it, and we decided to put everything on pause because I didn't have fucking time to do anything. Which obviously we did because in, in the morning, then I found out, like, I think I woke up at like 8 or something yeah. a.m., and I pick up my phone, the first thing I miss, and like, Mike sends me a message. My mom, I'm like, oh, she. Yeah, I remember you were panicked. You were like, fuck are you okay do you need anything do you want me to do anything and i'm like no it's it's fine i'm you know it's it's whatever it's fine it's, yeah it so is what it is we decided he has like we're gonna put it, everything on pause and obviously yeah. we're gonna put everything on pause i created the i think the instagram picture or something yeah the post as, with, will be back or something as quickly as i could just do yeah, something you did a great job dude that was that was, great. That was a minimum effort no it was great it's that's it all it takes, to be done man. it all it takes so that was uh well, yeah yeah, do you want to do you want to tell the people what we had in store? I think we had two things. Uh, at least two things, I think. Well, but, two things that I can remember of. We were supposed to have a guest. Let me let me and then the special thing. Let let, them, let me just tell the, the stupid thing we did mm -hmm. with a funeral, just because mm -hmm. I, I feel like people should know that this is an option you can do. Yeah, so, man, go for it. Uh, after the, the deed happened, uh, we haven't seen each other for a while. Until the actual funeral, when I've decided I'm obviously going to go there. If, yeah. Don't care if it's Thank police, you. if it's COVID, if it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it was two other friends of ours mm -hmm. who are also tag along. And Well, one of the other friends drove you there, so <laughs> they didn't okay, tag along. We <laughs> tag along with a, a different friend of us. Yeah, Wana, yeah, yeah. we love you for having a, Thank you, a Wana, car man. and taking us there. <laughs> yes, and... Uh, what I was saying, we had a blast on the car driving there. Like we weren't supposed to. We feel so wrong. I'm, I'm glad you had a blast. Yeah, I was just listening my mom. to Manele and stupid songs <laughs> oh and God. singing along. And then at some point, I'm just, I'm thinking, should I send Mike a selfie that we're on our way? It feels really inappropriate sending a selfie nah. when you're going to a funeral. But then again, as a, who cares? Mike would have done this. Oh yeah, <laughs> he will definitely have done this. And. Hell yeah. In three weeks, we're going to laugh about it. So, yeah, if you're going to somebody's funeral, just pretend you're going to a party. You're going to help them <laughs> more than you think. Yeah. Well, it depends on the person, I guess. I mean, obviously, yeah. For me, I'm very, apparently, I'm way more down to earth than I thought I was, uh, given that my mom died. And the next second I was up, dressed in the car, ready to, to get shit done. Whereas, like, everyone around me was crying and calling me and annoying me. Well, not annoying me. It was just calling, like, oh, my God, did it really happen? I'm so sorry, your mom. And I was like, all right, I need to get to the funeral home, and I need to go to the police, and I need to go there and there and there and there and there, and I don't have time for this. Can you just call my grandparents, cry with them? I don't, whatever. I have shit to do. Yeah, well, we discussed about it. It's just... Yeah, so two, I'm not... I think it's two things about it. One of them was definitely... The culture we're coming from, like being in tech and everything, like we're gonna. There's no time for. Oh I mean, yeah. There is time for crying. We understand there is a point for it, but now we need to get shit done, and we don't have patience for people that just. Yeah. Right. It was weird because, so, just to go into a little bit of detail about that. Um, th that Thursday morning, 
I was supposed to call so the day she died, right? I didn't know she died at like in the morning when I woke up. And I was the plan was that I'm gonna my dad's gonna wake up early and he's gonna start packing his stuff. So they're like around midday, I'll take him to the hospital. Well, obviously separate cars because he had he had COVID and I didn't. Uh, but I would drive behind him with my car to make sure he gets there fine, doesn't get dizzy or whatever. Uh, and then wait for him because he was only supposed to go in to do some blood tests and then come back and wait for results. Right. So we decided the evening before, like uh, at seven in the morning, I'll call you and um, make sure that you're awake and then, you know, whatever, decide what time to be ready for and all that. So I call him up at seven in the morning and I'm like, oh, hey, man, what's up? You woke? Are you awake yet? And he's like, yeah, I don't I don't know how to tell you this. And I'm like. I, you already knew. I, I already kind of, when, when you know, given the situation, when someone tells me I don't know how to tell you this, I'm like, please don't, please, God, fucking don't, don't say it. And he's like, and I'm like, what, what happened? And he's like, your mom died. And he starts crying. And I'm like, to describe it, that like those two seconds or three seconds, I felt like a weight drop inside me, like from my chest. I just felt like a thump in my stomach. Yeah. As you would probably feel. And then I kind of went like, oh, fuck. And then took a deep breath, exhaled. And this took like three seconds. And the next thing I'm like, all right, you need to fucking get dressed. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to shower real quick, get dressed, get all my shit together. You start packing. There's no time for us to cry right now. We need to get you to the hospital ASAP. Uh, Go do your blood test. Come back. Get all the shit done. I'll worry. We, we have plenty of time to cry and be sad afterwards. Right now, we have stuff to do. So let's focus on that. And the, the next second, he's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Let's let's do it. Let's go and do that. And I'm like, okay. Whew. So I hang up and then that was it. So, but that was like, that came, that came uh, as a shock to me because I didn't expect to, I don't know, have that just in Just activate it like so that? It's like, yeah, just I'll be like, all right, we got shit to do. Ain't no time to be sad. Um, and just, I don't know. These last few days, I, I realized uh, something related to that. I think I get, I am very emotional in, in certain situations and I'm very empathetic. Yeah. Um, I can, I can vouch for that. Yeah. But I realized when and why. So I realized I'm very empathetic to people who are suffering, but not to dead people. Because I think in my head, it's like, well, she, yes, she was my mother and I loved her and all that. But she's dead, and that's a fact. And no matter how much I cry or whatever the fuck I do, it's not going to bring her back. As opposed to someone who's suffering, it's like, okay, I did, you know, you have some chance to stop the suffering or help them or do something about it. And then I, then I, if I see someone crying or whatever, I'll, I'll tear up. But when she's dead, it's like, well, <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do? Like, that's that. It's, it's a done. It, all right. Yeah. And then... The thing that I did sort of helped me and I said to everyone and mostly myself during these weeks was just that life moves on with or without us. That's what I told everyone who came up to talk to me about my, my mom's death and something like that. Look, life moves on with or without us. So fucking pull up your pants and, you know, do something about your life and be a big boy. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have a, a moment when everything just sank in? What do you mean? Like. Like Initially, the, you you get you oh, like started the, working the, like me yeah, breaking the, down and getting sad. Yeah, with the moment when you had hadn't had anything to do, when you just wait, this actually happened. I had exactly three times for about five minutes each, while I was driving around. 
in in the in the in the span of like maybe two or three days okay i had three times while i was driving i drove a fuck ton in the in these past few weeks because i had there's a lot of places i needed to go a lot of paperwork i needed to to, to to get and to do and shit like that and buy a lot of stuff and buy food and clothes and shit for my dad while he was in the hospital buy provisions for home and for my grandparents and it was and in those like i think the only the first in the first week after she died in those like first few days i had about three times five minutes each where i just kind of was driving and then it just sort of i had this moment i was at like at a red light and i was just like fuck but it wasn't it wasn't sadness it wasn't like how i saw my grandma and like you know i don't nothing against anyone who cried and obviously that's a normal thing to do and i i i am aware of that and i accept that but i didn't have a moment of like oh no my mom, she's dead it was more like i was angry and frustrated because it didn't feel fair the way she died and the way that she had to die like that and the fact that i guess you know to be perfectly honest it was part frustration that i'm alone and i have to do all these things and it's not fair you know there's like a lot of the whatever 12 steps or whatever the fuck they're called the you know the the going for grief steps the the, the sad denial not exactly grieving acceptance yeah there was a lot of that going on in my head a lot of like god fucking damn this is not fair that she has to die and i have to take care of everything and fuck like Oh, she used to take care of all these things. She was like a matriarch in our family. She was the one that everyone came to and stuff. So like suddenly, because of that, everything was in disarray. You know, right, that, was, was just, that was the yeah, most. That was, it was, that was it the was chaos complete, after the storm. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like I, as Jordan Peterson would say, I dipped my toes heavily into chaos. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had a few moments. But like it was weird because speaking of Jordan Peterson, the... The whole week before she died while I was at home uh, and bringing her stuff to the hospital and stuff like that, I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson's Maps of Meaning podcast yeah. on Spotify. Like almost con- Every time I was in the car, that was on. Uh, and then the day she died, I stopped. And even now, I still haven't, re- I haven't continued. But for the first, well, actually the whole month, I listened almost exclusively to Viking chanting music. Because I guess that was like, that makes perfect sense for me, but maybe explain for people why would you listen to Viking chanting? I don't know. My... Like explain Viking chanting for people who are not familiarized with the Viking chanting. The fuck is there to explain? It's just, it's profound and it's ritualistic. And my favorite song is called Helvigen, which means the road to hell. Not the Christian hell, but like the afterlife hell of the Norse gods or whatever. Is it hell with just one L? Yeah, yeah. H-E-L. Um, hell. And the the song is basically about that. It's about the lyrics are sort of like, okay, someone dear to you died. And the lyrics are mostly about everything dies and everyone dies. And that's a normal part of everything. And now you're in hell in the afterlife. And it's just, it's a mourning song. But if you look at the lyrics, it's basically just accept, accept it as a fact, you know? Yeah. That's basically the message is just accept it as a fact that we all die and that's, okay it's not fine it's not like yay we're gonna die but it's like it's okay it's like just happens it's one of the what it is undeniable truths of the world that yeah you're gonna die and that's that's that and for those of you who don't know mike is fluent in viking (laughs) i'm not fluent in viking i don't fucking what do you mean fluent in viking i don't know (laughs) but it's like viking chanting and the lyrics tell you about this and this and that like you could actually understand the lyrics where you sing the songs are kind of sad 
and very ritualistic, and they put you in sort of a state. They have a very after war battlefield holding yeah. your uh, dead comrade. Exactly, that was the word. Yeah, and you're on, and he's giving his last breath, and you're just there, and you want to fight more, but there's nobody else to fight with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That. that yeah. That's kind of. And it's raining. Feeling. It's obviously and raining. It's, uh, always raining. <laughs> Yeah, and that was it. That's what I listened to. And even now, like, I've only a few, I don't know, last week, two weeks ago when I started working again, I started listening to normal last music. But at the end, it was mostly just Viking chanting to sort of, I guess that was my morning. I, I see it as that was my morning process. Because, like, the traditional Romanian way of mourning is to shut off everything electronic and not have any distractions, any TV, any phones and anything, which is what my grandparents did and my dad for a while. But to me, it was like, no, I need this thing to sort of be constantly at the back of my head so I know what I'm sort of doing so I don't lose myself. I needed that as, as a reality check. Isn't it weird that as a Romanian tradition, you have this way of making it public that you're mourning? Dude, fuck Romanian tradition, all right? I'm saying it. I'm saying it here. Fuck Romanian tradition. It's stupid. I don't know if it's the Christian part of it or just the Romanian part of it, but we have a fucking obsession with dead, with death. We are in love with death. Like, f come on, dude. There's, you get baptized once, but right. after you die, every number six, like six days, six weeks, six months, six years after that, you have to do some fucking ritual. And it's all about like doing rituals after you're dead and praying so that your soul rests in heaven and shit. And like, fuck that. If you really love that person, pray for them. And if you want to pray, obviously, pray for them while they're alive or help them while they're alive or do something while you still can. Don't fucking. It's a fetish, dude. I see it as a fetish. We fetishize death and we fetishize the, the like, oh, I hope she got to a better place. Like, look, she's dead. OK, or whatever. They're, the, the person's dead. There's nothing you can do. If you wanted to do something to make their life better or improve it in some way or prevent their death or whatever, be there for that person while they're fucking alive, because. God, I get really, I'm sorry, I get really annoyed by this because this is something that I used to tell my mom specifically a lot because she was a very Christian woman and I used to always bring up like pragmatism, be like, all right, look, what if, like, I don't know, we get an argument or something and I'd be like, what if I get hit by a fucking car tomorrow or you get hit by a car? What do we do about this whatever situation? And she'd be like, oh, dare you talk like that? Like, oh, God's going to see what you're saying or whatever, you know, shit like that. You, you <laughs> yeah, know what I'm, exactly I'm not like. paraphrasing it, but you know what I mean? It's like, don't talk like that. You're sinning or whatever. And I'm like, no, but fucking, you know, think realistically. Just plan what for it. If? You know, it, exactly. It could happen. It. it could. Ha it's a reality. It could happen. And lo and behold, it fucking happened. No one planned for it. No one wanted it. And, you know, it happened. And it was disarray for a while, and it still is a little bit, but, you know, we're, we're managing it. But it's just, this is a message to everyone. Like, if you want to do something, do do it for the person while they're still fucking alive. And plan for things, you know? Write a fucking testament or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> On their behalf, if you can. Well, not <laughs> no, exactly. obviously but not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely, just, definitely. We fetishize death, and it's fucking horrible and creepy, man. It's fucking creepy. No, no, I always, I always hated the way we do it in the Orthodox Church, how we do mm. the funerals. It just feels f to me like I never really lost somebody that close to me. I mean, I lost my grandmother when I was, I think, in 10th or 11th grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that, that that didn't hit that bad. But the way we do funerals is just, I feel like 
the priest just has the his sole purpose there is to make everybody cry as loud as they can <laughs> yeah instead of actually helping them or giving them proper advice not proper advice but support moral support yeah. or something it's just make it as painful as you can do it for the people and the fact that it drags on for an hour or two hours or whatever like why do you need that much time for it i don't know that is interestingly enough that is one of the things that i do like about it the fact that's so long no that's the fact that's so long the fact that um it what they do is they talk about the dead person's life and as a person who's a fan of whatever the fuck his name is orison scott carter whatever the guy who wrote the speaker for dead Okay. Uh, the second book in the Ender Game series. You know Ender Ender's Game. I know what didn't read it. There, but there's, a, yeah. there's a movie as well. It's it's kind of good. Uh, but uh, the Speaker of Dead is basically the book is a sci-fi space shit, and it's about this guy who basically goes. I'm I'm you know it's a very loose loose summary of the plot, but basically he goes around to dead people and speaks for the dead. So he tells the story of their life. Okay. So on the behalf of the dead person, on they, the just, they just and and if you look at the way Orthodox priests do, they do the same thing. They do the whole ritualistic shit of like yeah, but I never out liked the, the way they're doing it. Yeah, but the way the the reason I like that part that they talk about the dead person's life is because I have a bigger problem with the Orthodox and Catholic Church. Uh, so okay, I'm the biggest atheist you'll probably meet. But I for those do, of you who are just joining, yeah, <laughs> hello. <laughs> but well, anti-theist is what I would describe myself anyway. But the the thing is, I actually, to some degree, like neo-Protestants a lot more than old school like Orthodox and Catholic things. You don't need to explain this to me. Yes. So neo-Protestants are like Pentecostals and Baptists and shit. I hate them because they're they're a lot more um, strict. No, what's the word? Brainwashed? <laughs> brainwashed, exactly. They're a lot more brainwashed and a lot more obsessed about the religion. But the way they conduct the religion... Because I've been to a lot of weddings and stuff like that. Because half of my family is uh, Pentecostal. Um, Hoping they're not listening to this. Well, I don't care. They know. <laughs> no. I, whatever, man. I'm, I'm an open book. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Why you hate them? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, so the, 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 I, I hate that, and I hate that. I hate that a lot more than the Orthodox and and, and Catholic things because they're very obsessed and it's creepy. But the way they conduct their their like sermons and stuff is really interesting because they don't fucking read out of a stupid book. They don't like their prayers are literal prayers. They're like. God, please help me, this and this and this, very specific thing that's going on in my life right now, and I need your help, God, right? Whereas Orthodox and, and Catholic, they they just seem to to take out all personality out of you, all individuality out of the like the the practicants. Right. Because all fucking prayers are not like, oh God, I'm going through a rough patch, please help me. They're like very, very specifically worded. Please, prayers. oh Lord Shepherd. Uh, not even that it's just like like crezul, right like crezul. i don't know how to fucking the trans creed. i think it's a creed i don't know whatever it's basically just the prayer is just a fucking poem of like i believe that there is a god and i believe that there's a holy spirit and i believe that there's a jesus and that's it there's nothing personal about it there's no you know there's no you inside of it it's just you're reciting a stupid poem 
So where was I? Uh, in, in my, I lost my train of Wait, thought. Let me, let me go on a small tangent about sure, this sure, while on, you, get, you catch your ideas. Yeah. There was this cool, I, I mean, cool. There was the idea I've heard somebody said about people praying, right? Yeah. Like, for instance, if, uh, I don't know, let's take an example. You and me, we're both into fitness. That's mm-hmm. an easy example. And somebody comes in and they, somebody comes in really excited. They tell, they found out this new variation of a deadlift. Okay. It's, called, it's called the Romanian deadlift. Right. Or yeah. whatever. And obviously, you know it for like, what, 10 years or so you've heard of it, right? Yeah. So who is this asshole thinking that you are not in the know? Okay. Right? Follow me so far? Yeah. This, the asshole, the ex- super excited asshole is everybody who's, pr- who's praying for a problem. Like, God knows you have this problem. Yeah. And the, that's a bit obvious if you put it in pragmatic terms. But the cool idea about it, it was, in, in his mind, in his words, was, do not pray for God telling him what your problems are, because he knows. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily pray for him to help you, because he knows you're in this situation, and you're in this situation for a specific reason. Right. Pray that he will help you understand why mm-hmm. you're in this predicament. Yeah. Yeah. I mean within within the mindset of a religious person yes i agree that's probably that sounds like a good advice but nobody gives you this advice yeah i was gonna say none of them of the sides that i just <laughs> sort of contoured none of them do that but yeah i don't know so they're the you know I, i'm an anti-theist just to get that out of the way i'm an anti-theist because i believe that i don't know and i don't really give a shit if there is a god or not uh, yep. i'm not saying there is or there isn't all i'm saying is that if there is uh, that i personally think that it's a really bad idea if there is one because it's fucking creepy and weird and i'd rather be a science experiment of an alien than be than there be a god or i don't know it's just it's just weird and creepy and if you want to know more about that just listen to christopher hitchens because that's where i sort of stole that mindset when i was in high school uh but anyway given that i still like you know as i just said there are good things and bad things about it like you know the neo-protestants have a great thing because it's very personalized it's very accessible because that like i liked it i went to weddings and i felt like like, okay every third word was god and they kind of fucking buzz killed it for me but they would say shit like you know uh now you're gonna get married and you know you need to so th- this was really good. This was my favorite wedding ever because it was very sort of up to a point, right? It was very, um, you two are going to get married and you two are like any human are going to have problems. And what you two need to do is you need to have open communication in your relationship and talk about your problems and sort of talk so that you prevent getting into problems. But then they'd end. So this is amazing. Like you, you will never hear anything like this in the fucking Orthodox or Catholic Church. Catholic Orthodox Church is just like, woman, you mean nothing. Man, you do everything. Woman, listen to man. Man, provide for woman. And then again, they just recite something out of some old stupid book that is in no way relevant to you. It's just relevant to God, and that's stupid. So this was great. But then they would sort of. <laughs> Stabbed me in the back because every little great thing they said would end in in God's name. <laughs> or it would end in something like, uh, you two need to always communicate, but also communicate with God and let God in on your relationship and your relationship problems. And I'm like, all right. The half part, the first part was great. The second part is nah, creepy. So, you know, they're, they're... The, the thing about this, though, is mm. I, I definitely understand. I know how this this things happen and ceremonial and religious practices yeah and it's definitely not what i'm gonna say 
But mm-hmm. at the same time, if you take the po- poetry out of this and you start interpreting it, yeah, it could be really good. I mean, there's yeah. clearly an obsession with the word God that there that yeah, probably yeah. didn't have to be every three words. Mm-hmm. But if you take the word God or the meaning of the notion of God, yes. of how they portray it as being this old father figure in the skies that's watching about, upon you and judging you constantly. And if you took it as just like the universe or just things happening, mm-hmm. right? Just the happening of things or just intuition about the world or whatever, just psi analytics, psi philosophical, whatever other yeah. meaning you want to give to it, but just not this one father figure that's everywhere mm-hmm. in the church. It makes sense, even this thing, like communicate with yourself, but communicate to God. Communicate to the world, feel what the world, understand, be around, be present in whatever happens, and then also discuss with the person next to you. Exactly. It kind of makes sense. I love the way this could be portrayed, but it's definitely not portrayed like this. I know. Yeah. Well, that's the, I mean, yeah, but that's, that's a problem because it's so contradictory because all these amazing things that I just described, right? Like the, the, you know, they the everything's sort of very personalized and it's very about you and your problems and god listens to you and loves you is pretty awesome from a religious perspective but the problem is that it's all buried in a fucking religion that has like the most fanatics in the world right like fucking neo-protestant christians especially in america they're fucking obsessed they have jesus camps it's all really fucking creepy and obsessive but the values sort of that they instill most of them, not all of them, are really good. They're, I mean, they're not bad. It's just that they sugarcoat it with God and Jesus, and that's the part that I hate, I guess. Yeah. And then, why are we talking about religion again? Because there's so many contradictions. Because why, like, why do men open the, uh, start podcasts instead of going to therapy? This is why. <laughs> Did you mention that one? Already? No, we haven't. We haven't mentioned. This is going to be a p- good point because I've received received this joke from I think like three or four friends of mine, mm-hmm. and like I've, I don't know, it makes more sense. Like you, you've you've told this to me, that's why. But do you want to care to elaborate on that? I'm not sure. I mean, it was just an Instagram meme about this thing happening. Like, why do men start podcasts instead of going to therapy? And <laughs> for some extent, I was like, yeah, okay, that's funny, but that happened once. Twice, three times, four times. I mean, everybody just sending me for the lols, but me seeing it again and again and again, I'm just yeah. starting, starting to think about it. Like, well, you know what? It makes sense, actually. Like, usually as as men, I think you won't necessarily just start discussing about one thing and going to this length. Yeah. I mean, needs to be a specific situation. While this podcast thing, it gives us the medium to do that and the occasion to do it. And also the fact that we are thinking about uh, telling this to somebody else. Also, we definitely were discussing it between us, but we're mm-hmm. always in the mind of the, somebody else is listening to this. So you kind of, it's more important about talking to it and you're more serious about it. It right. does have a therapeutic role of it. I can understand it. But the fact that I just got this thing forth, I'm like, I'm going to milk the <laughs> shit out of this. Yes, this podcast <laughs> is going to be fucking therapy and yeah. you're going to love it. <laughs> well, look, as a person who went to therapy twice, and probably will again, given my back, my circumstances in the in the past month. Um, look, it's just they're not fuck. They're not doing any fucking black magic. It's just it is indeed a person that is trained and skilled to do this, but and does it the right way. And I wouldn't obviously, I wouldn't recommend you going talking to a friend as opposed to going and talking to a psychotherapist. 
Yeah. Or a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever. I don't fucking know. Whatever you need. Yeah, whatever you need in your case. I obviously don't condone that. Obviously, go to the specialist. But at at the, like, if you boil it down, all they do is they just ask questions and talk to you. And that's it. Like, that's, you know, that's the reason we start a podcast and don't go to therapy because that we're doing the same thing. It's just, I, you know, you come on and you talk about something and then the other person asks you questions, you know, like, why did you do that? Or what do you think? Why why did you think you did that in that way or whatever? And that is, look, as, again, as someone who went to therapy, that is 100% what, what they did. It's like the first time I went, I went to a, a university in London. Uh, I had a rough patch and I, and I went to therapy at, at the university at the, like, whatever, mental something department, uh, mental sciences. Uh, and literally, it wasn't... It wasn't a case of like, oh, this is what you should do or let's make a plan. It was more like me rambling and then she would occasionally chip in and be like, huh, why did you do that? Or why did you say that? Or what did you mean by that? Or why do you think you said that? Or why did you think you did that? And it was not, it's fucking not rocket science. Obviously, she knows probably when to say the question and which of the questions to say. So again, she's the expert and I 100% on that. But that's all she did. She just asked me questions. And it's interesting because it, you think about it, it's such a simple thing, but it helps so much because when you're when things are happening to you and you're in the middle of the maelstrom and the tornadoes around you and you're living, you're busy living, you're busy figuring your problem out, you don't really sit back and be like, huh, why did I react like that? Or hmm, why did I say this thing as opposed to the other thing? Or you don't reflect. Yeah, because that's the, that's the thing, right? Like I feel like most of people I've, spoken with that mm-hmm. haven't went to therapy myself included i haven't been i just heard mm-hmm. uh the general con- uh, opinion is that you go to this doctor yeah because you think it's a doctor and they fix you and then you go out fix you yeah well i think that's how generally speaking it's, it is viewed and it's definitely not our that. son is gay we're gonna fix him <laughs> exactly <laughs> something like that but the oh, thing is bad. and it makes sense because this happens in therapy and this happens in almost any form of spirituality I've come across in the past years is just this thing of introspection and reflection yeah. upon what have you done and what exactly. happened to you. Because most of the time you just take shit for granted and they happen and then you move on and you yeah. never really talk about it. You don't necessarily think about it. Even if you tell somebody a story, you just tell the story for the sake of getting the information across, but you never mm-hmm. stand, stop to ponder upon it. Yeah. So that's why when you go to the shrink, I, how it was to explained to me, I would say you shrink for, for these things. Yeah, yeah. But whenever you go to see counseling or therapy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's why they put you to on the spot. You have to be the one who's doing the talking because there's exactly. nothing somebody else will tell you that can fix you with the quotation marks unless you understand it by yourself. Yeah. Because I think it was the... Th- uh, there was this concept some guy gave me when we did some workshops about personal management, I think. Mm-hmm. You can sum it up in high school. And one of the first things I remember I remember I learned in that thing was you can never change a person if he or she doesn't want to change. Exactly. So you need to understand this. And then you need to go revisit everything, ask all the questions. And you need help to ask those questions a lot of times. Mm. It's so subtle and nobody gets it because why would you think about it? That will happen. It happened. That's that. Yeah, exactly. That that was my issue at the second time I did counseling because I didn't really know why. I just 
I didn't feel really happy and I didn't feel really, really great. And I guess it was a combination of me not knowing exactly what I wanted to achieve out of counseling and going probably to the wrong type of therapist. Yeah, because that also, ma- also matters. Yeah. I've spoken with somebody who said they had to go through three or four counselors until they mm. found the one that actually was a perfect fit for them. My problem personally was that, again, like like I said, I'm very hands-on, very pragmatic and apparently down to earth. Uh, and the, the, the lady I went, you know, props to her. She was sweet. She was great. She fucking helped me a lot. Um to to sort of dig she was the i guess we did the kind of therapy where you dug a lot in your past to find a childhood trauma and she found it and it was there and it was so surreal to sort of be like oh fuck yeah i knew this thing happened and i would tell people about like aha this thing happened and i never never really had any opinion about it until like we talked about it and brought it up and i'm like oh my god that's you know abuse or the trauma or whatever I'm like, holy shit, yeah, oh, God. But then two months of that, and it felt like, all right, I'm going to this lady. I keep talking about the same issues. Uh, you know, I'm crying, I'm not crying. I'm talking about them, and I'm talking about the same thing. It's sort of kind of running in circles after a while. And there's no sort of, I guess, I was looking for a therapist who was more sort of hands-on, more like, all right, we found your trauma. Uh, this is what we need to do to sort of, quote-unquote fix you like you said right yeah. or at least like let's make a plan of where you are where you were where you want to be you need to I, say I need these s- affirmations every morning you do to do meditation to three oh, times any, a week any, you need to anything, do this, right anything i would just wanted anything. some steps i just wanted something i wanted like a solution i wanted to sort of fix something but then i think the therapy ended for good after two or three months with something like she would ask me like okay what do you want from these sessions and i had no fucking idea i was just like i'm just unhappy you know, in these last two months, we clearly dug up a lot of trauma, but I don't know what to do with it. I have this information now. And again, she wasn't the, probably the type of therapist to do that with because I never really got any input from her of like, oh, that's good or that's bad. Or there's a lot of back and forth about what good and bad means to me. And clearly, I'm apparently I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, there, there was no sort of feedback from her of, okay, this is what that means, or this is what this means, or this is a common, you know, oh, that trauma is a common type of trauma in whatever, Jung's book or Freud or some shit, and this is, you know, how you get over that, or there's none of that. So after two months, she'd be like, what do you want from these sessions? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't know what's, I I know the trauma I have, but I don't know what's wrong with me because of it, sort of, and I don't know how to, to identify it, it right? or quote-unquote fix it right yeah so it was kind of like in a loophole and i was like all right i'm, I'm gonna stop going to therapy because it's not helping me anymore that's the sole reason i never went to therapy mm. i always was curious i would have went to a psychiatrist just for the sake of it just to try yeah. and see what happens but i'd never know what to talk about dude <laughs> i went there because i was not sexually frustrated, but I guess romantically frustrated. I was kind of lonely and I guess I needed companionship in a way. Okay. And like most people, I would go out with my friends getting drunk a lot. And then I would, you know, try to hook up and stuff. Uh, and after a while, after a, a, a not great evening of doing that the next day i woke up and i felt really dirty and really like i obviously i didn't do anything i didn't even hook up with anyone or anything it's just like 
the, the thoughts, process of it. The yeah. thoughts in my head of like, I'm so lonely that I'm willing to get drunk out of my mind and try to hook up. And it, I felt pathetic. And I woke up the next day feeling really dirty and pathetic. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is not okay. And that's what drove me to go to therapy. And uh, I remember the first session, I just rambled all my entire life story because I was like, all right, I've done this before. I'm just going to tell her everything about me so she can get a picture and then we can start working on stuff. And obviously that didn't <laughs> that didn't work. She, she was kind of overwhelmed. She's like, all right, that's a lot of information. It's already an hour. I didn't get to say anything. We'll see you next week. And we'll take it slower. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, I started with my life story. I didn't, I don't think we ever even talked about the issue at, at hand that I had, at least initially. We just talked about my childhood and then we started from there and then uncovered all godly amounts of trauma and sadness and repressed shit that, you know, that was, that became the focus. So I, you know, I recommend you go, man, if you want to. You, you don't have to say anything. You'll just they, they're experts. Say they they know what to, like you you can shut up for half an hour, you know, and then you'll say something, and then they'll know what to ask you to get you talking. Yeah, no, because <laughs> even if they don't, like there was this let's call it just an exercise for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. But it was this thing like if you wanna remember something, like just how 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 was it put in in words? It was something like think about how were you when you were five years old. Okay, right, and definitely you had don't remember. What your thought process was back then, what you were thinking, what you were going through, mm. but you will give an answer. Yeah, and then you can work on uh, based on that. Yeah, yeah. So I know it, it can work in some way, but never got to the point. I, I definitely want to go to a type of therapist, talk about this, and then see where we go with it. Because the other thing is, you never actually—I don't think you ever actually get fixed. You just get fixed again. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're using the term loosely. It's a metaphor, yeah. if you will. Um, you never actually ever get fixed. You just get aware mm. of the yeah. thing at hand, and then it, it's just you accept it as part of you, and you kind of work around it. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. That's not enough, or wasn't enough for me, because I became aware of the problems. I just didn't have any mechanisms to, again, not get fixed, because you don't forget them. And damn, I mean that trauma from your childhood and all the whatever the fuck good or bad happened to you uh is what shapes you to be you so you know to some extent just even bad stuff that happened you know to a lot of what like the, the most common cause that people become doctors and psychiatrists and shit like that is because they grew up in an environment with like someone who was constantly ill or sick and they sort of grew up with like oh, i want to help people like this person that i had to take care of of um you know, I'm talking talk loosely. I don't have any fucking statistics, but you get my gist. Like you, yeah, definitely. You probably know at least two or three people who became doctors or psychiatrists or something because they had a troubled childhood where they had to take care of a grandma or a mom or yeah, someone definitely. with cancer need, or whatever. You need to understand that there's a reason for you to do this. Exactly. There's a need for it, and yeah, you have, there definitely have to be people that have internalized it and then they pursue a career for this. Exactly, because there's also the possibility you just do it for money. Yeah, That's well, yeah. But, but then yeah. I'm guessing the mo- the ones that are most passionate about it had yeah. seen something, had went exactly. through something that made them dispassionate yeah. about. So yeah, what, well, my my point was that I forgot my point. What the fuck was I talking about? The things that happened to you that shaped uh, you. No, yeah, I was I was gonna say about like that's not enough for me to know those problems. I also need mechanisms. Yeah, yeah that was what I was saying. You can't be fixed because those things make you who you are, but. 
I want mechanisms or rituals or things to do or ways to think or habits to develop to work around those traumas or those issues, you know? I honestly feel like just knowing them and being mind, really being mindful about them yeah. really helps. And again, you always need that introspection and reflection. Yeah. And then exactly. once you're not, you're aware of this thing, you see where it occurs or it might occur. And then you see what patterns or behaviors need to change. Yeah. And maybe based on that, I'm sure if you have this problem that's on your mind, you're going to find a way to deal with it. Yeah. Because there are good, I mean, there are different ways of solving a problem because just look of old religions and spirituality forms out there because mm -hmm. everything is just related to this thing. And it's just, it's almost the same concepts, but just packed differently. Yeah, exactly. It just gives you, th these are the tools you're doing, <laughs> but at the core of it is just, you have to think about it and just want to do something about it and something will happen. Yeah, that's, that's very true. You know, that's a, a really sad thing is that I use that as a party trick. As a party trick. Yeah, because because a lot of people are not, or not even me, like, obviously, I don't have a fucking diary or something where I do reflect and stuff, unfortunately, because that's the thing. Like, I think we talked about this when I talked about meditating. It helped me so fucking much, so fucking much. Just meditating for 10 minutes every day even for a week, helped me for like the next month. Um, but most people don't do it. And I use that as a party trick in the sense that because most people do, most people just sort of live their lives and take it one, you know, one step at a time and then they move on and they don't look back. They don't analyze. They don't teach us how to be fun at parties already. It's just the <laughs> fact that, like, I ask stupid questions. That's it. I use that yeah. as a party trick. Like, people will tell me, like, oh, I did this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And then I'll be like, I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm ingesting all the information. I'm, you know, it's not in my head. I didn't have to sort of, like, the the, the, the analogy I made with the maelstrom, with the, the, the tornado, right? I wasn't in the middle of the tornado. So I'm looking at it from the outside. So I can, you know, like, meteorologists, like, I can analyze the trajectory and stuff. Obviously, this is a... a, a, a metaphor a very loose metaphor yeah, yeah a, a very loose metaphor to people telling me about what they did or their problems and i just i guess i have this innate gift or maybe it's the way i think or maybe it's the snickers i eat or maybe it's the books i read or the shit i listen to or watch or have been for or my life probably i can just i just fucking have this thing where i can ask these questions uh and get people thinking and, and the, the part trick is this, like, you'll tell me about what you did and I'll be like, yeah, but why did you do that? Or why did you think about that? Or why didn't you do it in a different way? Or like, did you think of these consequences and stuff like that? And it's usually about the consequences. People decide that they're going to do a thing and they usually have a goal. They have like this vision, like, the, you know, and it's usually a tunnel vision, not in the negative sense necessarily, but like, I have a problem in my life. I'm in the middle of the tornado. You know, you probably think about all your options and you do that. And you did it and it's over. And then Mike comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, but did you think about the consequences of this other person? Or did you think about the consequences on the long term or this decision or that decision? And people just, I love it, man. Like, this is real. Like, I'm not making this shit up. This is real. I look at people and I look them in the eyes and they're like, oh, fuck. I didn't, well, I didn't think about that. Oh, that's interesting. And then they kind of, be, then, then they become curious. And then I love it because I sort of just ask a stupid question and then I see them on their face going for the steps that i went 
through while they were telling the story, right? And sort of that realization and that, huh, yeah, you're right. Why did I do this? Or so why you just, I... you just apply therapy on them? Basically, I guess. Yeah. But I love that because it most people get freaked out by that. Because most people don't want to sit back and reflect and like, oh, what did I, you know, growth mindset. Most people don't have a growth mindset and they don't sit back and be like, hmm, okay, what did I do this year? Everyone's just like, oh, 2021, happy new year, new year's resolutions. Yeah. No one looks, okay, in 2020, I had new year's resolutions to, I don't know, go to the gym or whatever, something topical, right? That everyone yeah. wants to fucking do. But you never look back and like, okay, I said the same fucking thing in 2020. And you never sit down in a real way, not just sit down and think about it and like, oh, yeah, I said I was going to do it. But you don't sit down and actually think about it. Okay, how many times did I go? Uh, what did I do? What ways did I approach it? When did I stop? Why exactly. did I stop? Why didn't it's, I get back on it? Yeah, exactly. When did that's the most important thing? When did I stop and why? What did and it's not about like, why did I stop? I stopped because I didn't want to go one day. Right. But it's not that wasn't what made you stop. It was a process. It was a bunch of things that you probably didn't do correctly why you went there that sort of led you in your life to the point where you're like, you know, fuck this, I'm not going to do it. And suddenly because of, again, religion and shit and rituals and culture, you, you're, oh, it's a new year. Oh, I'm going to try again. But you never sit down to reflect why it failed last year. So you go for the same fucking thing and people just seem stuck in a loop. And I'm sorry for the downer. <laughs> I'm sorry for, to bring the mood so low. It's just, I get fucking frustrated about shit like this. Yeah, it's good. It's the first uh, podcast of the year. It's still the I don't, year's young. I don't recommend losing a family member, but goddamn, losing a family member opens your eyes to a lot of shit <laughs> <laughs> and prepares you and like kicks you, you know, into 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 motion and into your place. Eight out of no, eight out of ten. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't nah. recommend but eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, I, I I said this. I wouldn't. I don't. I'm not a hateful person. I don't have enemies, or you know, I don't. Ha I hate people specifically. But uh, I would never wish any of this that happened to my worst fucking enemy. Like I would ne not wish this to anyone. It's it's weird and horrible, and it's fucking weird, man. And every single one of us will go through it at least once. That is. Wasn't that like the one single truth about life that we're going to die? Yeah. yeah, that it ends. That's the only thing that you don't have to prove that 100% happens. Everything else is like relative or, you know, can be disproven or not. Maybe the grander picture of things not real or shit. But this is the one thing that is 100% real that you die. Don't know what happens after. But the fact that you die is 100% true. Yep. Everybody Always. It doesn't matter if it has any meaning. If it doesn't. If you have a purpose. If you don't. It will happen. Yeah. It will happen. And on that note, we ended the episode. I'm sorry I talk so much. Well, it was. It, it's your story. <laughs> it should have been. I'm sorry I talk so much now, and I'm, I generally talk a lot, dude. You do. I do. I apologize. I know everyone loves Colleen and his beautiful six-pack, <laughs> and you want to hear more of his voice, but you're going to hear more of his voice in the next episode. Which we're going to discuss about what we wanted to say here and now about yes, our we forgot plans to mention for 2021. Yeah. yeah, we had plans. We're going to mention those things in the next episode. Stay cliffhanger. Tuned. Spontaneous cliffhanger right here. We're sorry for it. We didn't <laughs> plan for it. It just happened. <laughs> Blame Mike. He decided the episode will be, end. will be ended right now. Yes. Well, this is your fault, Mike. It is time. It is time that we do it. All right, everyone. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll see you next time. 
with more tangents. Woo! Hopefully. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.